Welcome to the I Know Him podcast. I'm so excited to um, have my friend Kyle here. We've been talking about this for a really long time, and I know that God is going to um, continue to speak to us through this podcast. Our purpose, um, our purpose for meeting together and doing this is to invite our neighbors from around the world to come and see, to find out who Jesus really is and what it means to know Him from the lives of those who have personally experienced Him. And um, our prayer is that you would just, you would hear us as we talk and that you would also begin to seek out where God's moving in your own life. And so, just like we said, we're talking with people um, who have experienced God and continue to experience God daily. People that have their lives impacted daily by knowing God. And Kyle, Kyle, you fit that bill. Exactly. (laughs) So why don't you go ahead and share with us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name's Kyle and, uh. I'm from Canyon, Texas, and I grew up in Amarillo, moved to Canyon in high school. I'm married to my high school sweetheart now for 16 years. Oh, I love that. We have uh, two little girls. I wanted a boy really bad, (laughs) but not bad enough to have three girls. (laughs) So uh, our girls are 10 years old and five years old. Uh, Like I said, I'm a firefighter in Amarillo and uh, been with the fire department for... 14 or 15 years now, and I'm a third-generation firefighter. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, Grew up around it and uh, really enjoyed it. I actually wanted to go to law school when I was in college and decided I didn't want to sit behind a desk. And it sounds a little cliche, but 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I watched the the events unfold there and uh, just... It's one of those deals looking back now, you know, we're going to talk about God and his plan for you. He, something just clicked inside of me and, and wow. made me want to do that and want to help other people and to serve other people in that way. That's not how I looked at it then. I thought it looked like a cool job, you know, <laughs> running into burning buildings and kind of a, an adrenaline junkie, a uh, little rough around the edges. Uh, <laughs> But as far as who I am and what I'm about is uh, really just a work in progress. Uh, you know, I've seen my life change pretty dramatically in the last 12 months. And, uh, and I just like sharing, our, sharing my story with other people. So that's who I am. All right. That's great. Yeah, that's kind of, I love, I love how you're already kind of diving into um, how God's plan for your life has really surprised surprised you right. in, in that way. So um, why don't you go ahead and, and share with us a little bit more about how... Um, so kind of on the podcast, I kind of like to start by asking, if someone were to ask you how you know God is real, how you know He's here, how you know He's good, what would you say? Well, you know, I met with you a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and you kind of gave me a heads up. Here's what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> and so I appreciate that. And I wrote down a couple questions that you said, and they initially seemed like really straightforward and simple questions. You know, how do you know God? Uh, I'm a little OCD with things, and whenever I sat down and I really started thinking about that question, uh, it wasn't a simple, easy answer for me. Uh, I wanted to figure out how I knew God. And I've got some really great friends that I've grown up with, and Uh, We sat around one evening and we were discussing things and things just started to click for me. And I started 
kind of diving in and studying, you know, how do I know God? I even asked my 10-year-old little girl, oh, wow. uh, how do you know God? And her, her answer was uh, enlightening to me because her answer was, I just do. I just do. Oh, man. And That's really powerful. It's, it is, but at the same time, it made me think mm-hmm. that there's a difference between uh, thinking you know God and knowing God. Absolutely. Yes. And so I started, I, I, you know, I, I have some notes here that I wrote down, so I'm just going to kind of follow them. But uh, I started really thinking about what it meant to know God and, and how I thought I knew God. And I realized that there's really three, three levels to me. Okay. And I don't mean to speak, I'm, I'm not great with uh, quoting scripture. I'm not great with, you know, I said I'm a work in progress, so I'm still working on this stuff. I think stuff, we all are, praise God, that we're not just ever there. But this is stuff that just kind of came to me, and I, uh, it, it's powerful in my life. So uh, I realized there were kind of three levels of okay. knowing him, and, and what, I, what I came up with was there's a hope, mm-hmm. and there's a belief, and there's knowledge. And this is not to take anything away from hope or belief. Uh, I did a little research. And I love hope, that. That's hope so cool. is Hope's mentioned about 130 times in the Bible. The, uh, believe or belief is mentioned about 250 times in the Bible. So wow. those, are, those are important words, right, obviously. Right. Uh, but hope is kind of that it's the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that the events will turn out for the best. Which we to, can all resonate with. <laughs> to me, that's what hope is. Right. Uh, I, I hope I win the lottery tonight. You know, <laughs> I nice. hope things turn out for the best. Uh, belief is confidence in the truth or existence of something not immediately susceptible to rigorous proof. Uh, I believe in God. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't think that belief is always going to serve you well. I think it works to make others around you feel good. Uh, again, not to discount belief, but I think that belief is still hoping. It's, I think, I believe, uh, I think that in order to know God, you have to proactively search to know God. Uh, I want to be able to confidently replace, I believe God is real with, I know God is real. And that's something that I, I struggled so with looking back on my, I'm 36 years old. So for 35 years, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I believed in God. I hoped there was a God. I believed there was a God, but I don't think that I really knew him. And I think quite often it takes a catalyst. It takes an event. It takes a trial. It takes a storm to, uh, to know God. And that's what happened for me. Uh, one of the Bible verses that I like over the last 12 months of my life is Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Uh, I read that and that's a pretty common Bible verse. Right, right. Uh, Every senior for graduation. Yeah, you see it all the time. It's on coins, it's on pictures that you hang on your wall. <laughs> uh, what I've liked to do lately is 
kind of read around those powerful verses and see That's what so they're important. really talking about. Yeah, the context. Uh, so kind of like what Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story on this <laughs> one, the, the next verse is Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. And it says, then you will call on me and come pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me with all your heart. If I were to paraphrase that, you will know me. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so then when you read around those verses, these, these words were spoken by God to a group of people that had been exiled from their homes and their land and their lives had been flipped up, upside down and they didn't know what lie ahead. Mm-hmm. And he told them to live their lives, persevere, be productive in a new place. Uh, he told them that they would remain there for 70 years. Wow. 70 years. Uh, but he told them that he had a plan in place. Right. And he would bring him home again. Uh, when I read that, and when I read the rest of the story, it relates to me because, you know, we might not be exiled from our land. Right. Uh, but we're, we're destined to find ourselves in storms. We're destined to find ourselves in a place where our lives have been flipped upside down. Uh, yeah. Or uh, we don't know what, lie, what lays ahead. Uh, what I've learned is God has a plan for all of us. And uh, I told you before this podcast started, I'm a little rough around the edges, but <laughs> sometimes that plan sucks. Yes. And yeah. And I think a lot of people are probably in that right now. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of a powerful series at the church that I go to is, uh, was about life storms. Oh, I love that one. And, so and it good. came, it came at a perfect time for my family. Right. But uh, what, what I realized is it's true that there's a common cycle. and Everybody's either in a storm, mm-hmm. going into a storm, or coming out of a storm. And it's a continuous cycle. And looking back on my life, that's true. And it's not always uh, death. It's not always sickness. It's, but marriage. If you're married, you've been in a storm. Right. I, I right. promise. Or you're just uh, in one. If, yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you have kids... Uh, it's a daily storm. I'm in a toddler storm. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I'm in a ten year old and five year old storm, oh. and it's a it's one of those. It's like a hurricane that doesn't move; <laughs> it just keeps spinning. But uh, yeah, sometimes that plan sucks, and right. in, our, in our incomplete view, we're not able to see the end game. But he, I, I believe that he calls us to actively seek him, and through that seeking. That's when we come to know him. I love that you're talking about that too, because a lot of people, specifically, um, people like like you said, like you know, you know, well, I just know that he's there. Well, a lot of people um, are just okay with that, and that's mm-hmm. not what God desires for us. Right. You know, He desires us to to draw closer to Him. His word says that if you know we draw near to Him, He will be faithful to draw near right. to us, and that's one of the biggest um, and most exciting privileges I think we have on earth yep. is the invitation to know God. I was reading a book. I think it might be the pursuit of God, um, by W. Tozer. And he, he, there's one section and he's talking about how close we are. Basically he gives this picture of like a curtain. Mm-hmm. And if we were to only just reach our hand out and, you know, go to seek God, what you're saying, go like take a step of action, the incredible things that we could see that God has had for us this whole time. Yep. Uh, something about that is, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it was no. meant to be easy. Right. And I'm right. jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but 
I think that God intentionally gives you more than what you can handle. Uh, when we were going, when my family was going through our storm, and I'll talk about in a second, uh, you know, I had read or, or heard misquoted kind of that God will never give you more than what you can handle. And that's not, <laughs> that's not what it says. Right. right. And uh, it was actually your husband that pointed that out to me. <laughs> but God will, uh, I think God will definitely give you more than you can handle uh, because that's where you find him. That's where you, that's, so that's where you turn to him. That's so true. Yeah. But, and along those same lines, you, you read through the Bible and you see story after story. Uh, he called Peter out of the boat to walk onto water. Uh, Peter didn't see the end game in that. Right. Who right? does that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to step out under this water. He called David to battle a giant, a giant that everybody was scared to fight. Right. Uh, he called these people in that, in the verse that I just read, he called these people to, that had been exiled, their lives right. flipped upside down. He told them, deal with it, live life, uh, trust me. That's you know? so hard. And and it's, it is difficult, but he has a plan. Right, right. And I believe that it's at work every second of every day in every single one of us. And you have to remember that that goes backwards too. That plan was in place a long time ago. And so it's been at work and it's brought you to where you're at today. It's brought me to where I'm at today. Uh, We don't always get the luxury of seeing the complete picture. Right. And one of the things that I liked this past Easter, I read a quote and it said, we can only call it Good Friday because we see it from Sunday. And I read that and I dwelled on it for a minute, for maybe for a few minutes. That's really powerful. And it is powerful because... I stopped and I thought, do you think they were calling it Good Friday on that Friday? And I seriously doubt it. Right. Uh, we're able to because we, saw, we see the end game in that, in that storm. We saw the complete picture. And uh, I think God will provide these storms to you to lead you to knowing him. And then your story has the power of knowledge instead of hope or belief. And I think that's so much more powerful, yeah. knowing him than hoping for him. Because you've had the experience of what your hope has resulted right. in. Uh, I learned this basically because I, I experienced it. Uh, going back to who I am, I'm a, I'm a 36-year-old guy from West Texas. Grew up here. I'm a captain on the fire department. Uh, one of the manliest jobs you can find, you know. <laughs> I run into burning buildings. Uh, when my friends asked me what I did yesterday, I said, I just save lives. I just save I somebody. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, I'm, I, I love Texas football. I love sports. Grew up playing sports. I love hunting. I love fishing. Uh, I drink a few cold beers every once in a while. I like a good glass of whiskey. Uh, I'm also a guy who with my brother-in-law is working in an industry of breast milk. (laughs) So that throws people for a loop, right? Yes. It threw me for a loop (laughs) and I'm still, I'm still figuring out. uh, Coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So I grew up around the fire department. I joined the fire department when I was 23 years old ish. Uh, I've been around it my entire adult life. I've seen death. I've seen destruction. Uh, 
I, I, I've seen it so much, just like any firefighter, any career firefighter, uh, you kind of grow cold to it. You grow callous to it. You learn how to deal with it on your own terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've always hoped there was a God with the things that I was seeing. I believe there was a God, but I, looking back, I didn't really know him. Uh, I made my own plans right. and I saw them fall apart. I uh, struggled with a lot of things. I dealt with things the best way that I knew how, and that was on my own. Uh, I even took pride, just like a lot of guys in my profession, in thinking I knew how to deal with things on my own. Never appreciated anything greater than me. Uh, wow. Looking back, it, it kind of made me a man that I don't like now, but it made me who I am today. And I realized and I recognized that God was at work and it's brought me to where I am today. So I'm not ashamed of it. Right. Uh, Am I proud of it? No, but that's what it is. And that's kind of how I look at things. It's, it's real. It's, it's a, it's a true story. It is. Well, it's how you needed, how you needed God in Mm -hmm. your life. Like I love, I love that scripture that, that talks about, he's always working in us and he will complete the work that he started in us. Right. But it won't be complete until we are on the other side, right. you know, with it's, him. It goes back to, you don't get that complete you don't, picture. You don't get it. Exactly. And, exactly. And right. that's where faith comes into, into play. But I've, I've witnessed things that I can't rationalize. Uh, I couldn't understand why God would let some of these things happen. Yeah. I can't I've, imagine what I've, you've seen. I've held uh, dead babies. I've, I've uh, gone to fires where a mom of three little kids... Uh, dies in the fire and I see these events happen but it was always somebody else right. it was always it was a their, little further than arm's reach and so I was able to get back on the fire truck and go to the next call you know my dad taught me early on there's not much that a Dr. Pepper and a package of M&M's can't fix so <laughs> I, I still carry that with me today but uh, it didn't really affect me you know right. it, might, it made me think how could how could God let something like this happen? But it's it's them. It didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on uh, September eighteenth of two thousand sixteen, it happened to me, and it it changed my life. And it wasn't event. It wasn't an event that I had planned for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't an event that I'd wish on anybody else. But it happened, and so it was part of my story, and so uh, it's part of my family's story, and that's why uh, we're pretty passionate about telling others about it. But on September 18th last year, uh, you probably let's, hear let's some, wait for the some of my friends driving by here. <laughs> but uh, on September 18th last year, I was sitting at the fire station. I was on duty, and I was actually watching Texas football on TV. They were playing cow, and... When, I, when my phone rang, Texas was winning by like two touchdowns. So I remember all this vividly. Right. And, uh, but my brother-in-law from Lubbock, which is about two hours south of, of where I live, uh, he called me and he, he just was quick and simple. He said, you need to get down here. Uh, they're doing CPR on your sister. And so a little bit about my family. Um, my mom and dad, they've been married for... 120 years and uh, <laughs> nice. and I have a little brother and a little sister so I'm the oldest of three 
my sister was the youngest of three. So they, my brother-in-law called me and said, you know, they're doing CPR on your sister. And so I hung up the phone, jumped in my car, drove 100 miles an hour to Lubbock. Uh, at the time, my parents were actually in Oklahoma City on a, just a quick weekend vacation. And it was a Saturday evening, Saturday night. It's about 10 o'clock when I got the phone call. And so I drove to Lubbock and uh, drove straight to the hospital and walked in and my brother-in-law was there. And I looked in the, the trauma room there in the ER and my sister was laying there on a ventilator. And knowing what I know from my profession and my, and my work that I do as a firefighter, uh, I knew the end game. Mm. And I, taught, I spoke with the paramedic that, that worked on my sister and, and he explained to me what all happened, what transpired, uh, the medications they used and the amount of time that they worked on her. And uh, hearing those words, I knew, I knew what lay ahead. And so I began to prepare my mind for it, but uh, spoke with the doctor and explained to him. I, I said, look, my parents are coming in from out of town. Uh, we need to keep my sister alive until they, they get here. And I, I told the doctor that, thinking the doctor had the power to keep her alive. Right? Oh, man. And, uh, but my mind wasn't rationalizing things correctly then. But kind of long story short, that night just went on. And now it seems so fast and blurred, but everything is so distinct. And so I can remember every second of that night. But uh, they ended up moving my sister up to another room in the ICU. And she was, she, she was stable. She was alive. Right. Uh, it, she was still bad. But uh, my parents and my brother and f some other family arrived at the hospital. And my parents got there about 4 a.m., Four o'clock okay. in the morning. And uh, at that point, it was my mom and dad, my brother-in-law, myself, and my brother that were all in the room in the hospital. And uh, about 15 minutes later is when she passed away. Wow. And so looking back, I feel like that, that she knew that we needed that closure. Right. And so I feel like she kind of held on until we were all, everybody that she loved and that needed to be there was there. And uh, so we were there when she passed away. Uh, after that, kind of what I remember is, is just darkness. Just being in the, in the dark. It was dark outside. It felt dark in the, uh, in the hospital. Uh, my life felt dark. Uh, I'm not here to say that I was the best big brother because I wasn't. Uh, and I think that's part of what hurt a little bit. But I always held that big brother title pretty serious. And I felt like it was my job to look out for her mm -hmm. and to protect her. And even though I couldn't in this right. instance, I didn't. And so, uh, so I felt guilt and I felt like, uh, like I failed. And I felt regret and I fell into that place where why would God let this happen? A little more about my sister was 
she had just been married four months prior to this to my brother-in-law. Uh, she had a daughter, a seven-year-old daughter from a previous relationship, but she had also just had a baby about two weeks before this. So she had a newborn baby. Oh my goodness. She had just, uh, just married the love of her life, uh, one of the best guys that I've ever known in my life. And uh, when she died, she died at home. Her, she had a heart attack at home laying in bed just after she had tucked in my niece and rocked her newborn baby and kissed her husband goodnight. And I feel like she, her heart was fully content. She was in a home. She had always wanted a family. Uh, she was laying in her bed. And, it, you know, she had everything that she desired. Right. And so that made me feel a little better, but I still couldn't imagine. No, why would God take away a mother of a newborn baby? And I've seen this before. I've heard stories about it. But again, they were at arm's length. I could, right. I could move on with my life. It didn't affect me. But this was my nephew. This was my brother-in-law. This was my niece. This was my mom and dad. And so this one hurt. And I didn't know how to process that. Uh, I got angry. I was angry at God. I was mad. And... I couldn't figure out why he would let this happen. And those weeks went on and didn't know how to process that. I had, this was something I hadn't dealt with before. I, I'm a lucky guy. Up until the last month, I still had a great grandmother. And she died right. a few, about a month ago. She was 90. 120. Yeah, 120. <laughs> and uh, so I haven't dealt with death yeah, close lost. to me very much. And so this was this was new to me, and I had to figure that out. Uh, had a lot of discussions with God. We we got to know each other pretty well. And uh, he, he probably didn't like a lot of things that I had to say. And I was angry. I couldn't figure it out. On the fire department, when we have a call, uh, a big fire or a traffic accident, or even a, a medical call, we, we have what we call as an after-action report. We, we call it a debriefing. Mm -hmm. uh, usually it's done right after the call. Sometimes it's done a couple of days or a week or so later, but it's a, it's a chance to sit down with everybody that was involved and kind of pick out what happened and what you can improve on, the lessons learned from this event. Wow. Uh, what I've learned and something that I think is a useful tool for everybody is we use this on the fire department a lot. Right. I've never put it to work in my life. But when you go through storms, when you go through trials, when you go through events, take a minute, take a minute, take an hour and sit down and do your own debriefing, do your own after action report. Literally get a pen out and write down the lessons I learned from this storm. And I did that. And some of the things that I came away with was, I think it's okay to be angry at God. And I think, yeah, people need to hear that. Like, God, God is not surprised no. when we're angry. Uh, I think it's okay even to question his plan, question his, his, what he let happen. Because I think that's where healing begins. Uh, I think that's where understanding grows. And I think that's where knowing him 
takes place. Mm. Uh, and that vulnerability. Yes. I think anger is an intimate emotion. Uh, you have to be, there has to be some level of intimacy to be angry at somebody. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And I think in to get to know God, I think you have to get real, uh, put down the facade and get intimate with him. Show your emotions. Right. Uh, it's just like your, your husband or your wife, you know, you love them. If you went through an entire relationship with this facade of you're great, you're awesome, I always <laughs> love you, there's not a whole lot of intimacy there. I think it's important to have enough uh, intimacy to be able to be real with somebody right. and to say, hey, I'm not happy right now. I'm angry right now. And so I think that's where, where knowing him takes place. Yeah, and you have to lean into God to get those answers. <laughs> it's not something that he's just going to be like, oh, this is why, and now you're going to understand it. That's a time in, in people's lives where I think it's so right. That's part of the action mm -hmm. that takes us from believing to knowing. Right. Because you have to press into God. You have to seek out his truth. You have to identify who he is. Go mm -hmm. back to his character. Yep. You know, and I think that's I, can be a lot of place. That's a huge a huge thing to talk about. I'm so glad you brought it up because a lot of people get stuck there yes. and they get stuck in the bitter, but they don't seek out the intimacy. Right. So yeah. I think that's, that's huge. I think it's important. I think it's good uh, and okay to, to be angry with him if that's a process. Right. 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 So you can be angry, but seek out a solution. Seek out understanding. Right. Like I said earlier, proactively Search to know God. Recognize yes. that this is a storm that he's putting you through that it's too much for you to handle. Be angry. Question it. But learn learn about it. Learn. Uh, mm -hmm. Grow to know him. Right. Uh, kind of the second thing that I, that I wrote down in my after action report is uh, work start now. Uh, start yesterday. On, yesterday. On surrounding yourself with the right people. Find your... You know, our church calls it your inner, inner circle, circle. Of friends. That's so important. Uh, what I learned is uh, when when these events happen, when these storms, these trials, anything, uh, that circle of friends might not be who you thought it was. Uh, when wow. when my family was going through this, uh, you know, we had it. We, we still do. We have amazing friends, awesome friends, and. Uh, about two weeks after, uh, right after my sister's funeral, my wife and I kind of recognized that, you know, we need help. We need help from the people around us mm -hmm. to, to move forward, move past this. So we sat down, we came up with a list of people and it wasn't people that we were intimate with. Uh, it was people that somehow God just kind of placed on our hearts and we reached out to them. We reached out to them. Right. And said, hey, will you just come pray with us? Just come just come love on us a little bit. Be around my family. And it was a powerful night. It was a powerful That's evening. so cool. And yeah. a, group of, a group of friends came over and uh, just, just loved us and just prayed over us and just prayed with us and, and offered support and help. And it wasn't people that two weeks before that I would have picked out and there were people that that 
we thought two weeks before that that, mm-hmm. we, that we would have. And they, right. Nothing against them, you know. Right. But it, the people there, I believe, were put there for, for a God purpose. God had prepared that exactly. for you. It was yeah. part of that plan. But what we learned is uh, have these people around you and commit to reciprocating that. Right. It, it's not a one-way street. Which, again, is an action step. Exactly. Right. Uh, so one thing that I, I really stress is uh, build relationships, nurture existing relationships, because life is all about relationships. Mm. Uh, all of life is about relationships. Right. Uh, relationship with each other, relationship with your family, relationship with God. Right. We and were so, created to have a relationship exactly. with God. That was the point. Right. That's so good. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the next thing I came up with was don't try to rationalize God's plan because our, our minds can't handle it. Right. Uh, we tried. We couldn't. Uh, just for And a lot of people are in that. I think, I think so. that's a good thing to bring up just to awareness. Like there are some things that we are just not going to understand. Exactly. Until we are with him and then we will know in fullness. Right. But until then, just like you said, we have to trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that when you when you do come to know him, and to appreciate that his plan is at work, I really believe you have to be all in. This isn't a a lukewarm deal. And what I mean by that is uh, you can't pick and choose when God's plan is at work and then when your plan kicks in. (laughs) Right. Uh, Either you're in or you're not. And for instance, and I'm just going to get real with you here, (laughs) but uh, my family, we got to a point through healing and, and just the, the steps of grief that we were able to recognize that even though it sucked, uh, this was part of my sister's death. That was part of a greater plan, a plan that our minds couldn't rationalize. And we, we were able to see that. Uh, fast forward, you know, 12 months. And just part of, part of life, uh, part of growing part of moving on from a storm uh-huh. is when events happen and, you know, people do begin to move on. And for some people, it, it might be too soon or, uh, you know, they didn't spend enough time grieving or anything like that. That's where your plan kicks in. Yeah. And, and I think that you have to, you have to recognize that if God's plan was at work 12 months ago, God's plan is at work today. Right. And so, so you, good. You can't, you can't go and say, well, God was at work here. But when things start to go not according to your plan. Uh, you can't just take you, over. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so it, it's all in. And that's, that's something that I still tr- struggle with because I find myself in days where I think, well, this isn't going according to my plan. Even though I recognize that and God's plan is half of the world said amen. Exactly. So uh, I think that's, that's something that's really powerful to me. It's it just is. be all in on God's plan. Uh, I think the next thing is accept the pl- platform God gives you. Uh, God gives everybody a platform, no matter what it is. Uh, I listened to your last podcast and, and uh, Julia. Right, yeah. But uh, God gave her a platform. God gave you a platform through I Know Him. Uh, God gave everybody that you know. Everybody has a platform. Everyone has a circle of friends yep. or influence that 
can be used for God everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think use the weapons that he's equipped you with. Absolutely. And uh, kind of the last couple of things is uh, life is short, temporary, unpredictable. Uh, quit planning. What I had to learn was quit planning and start preparing. Uh, I think that's tactically and tactfully. And what I mean by that is use the weapons that God's given you right. tactically and, and proactively live life equipped with the tools to, to prepare yourself for what lay ahead. Right. But I also think that tactfully, I think that comes into building relationships and, and striving to do the right thing at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Even when nobody's watching, uh, have fun and appreciate things. Because life is short. Step out of the boat onto the water and fight the giants. <laughs> I uh, love that. So, and just love people. And I'm not great at that. I, I try. <laughs> but Part of that work in progress. I think we all could use a little bit of, I think we all need to seek the Lord on how to love people better. I think so. Uh, especially now. You turn yes. on the TV oh, and, uh, you know, I get caught up in turning on Fox News or CNN or whatever. And, and you just see... You see things that that love solves, mm-hmm. right? Just reaching out to people and understanding people and changing your per, your perspective, looking at it from other people's perspective, and that's the next thing I wrote down was have compassion, have find the ability to change perspective. When my sister died, I had to appreciate, I had to recognize that everyone lost something different. Mm. Uh, my brother-in-law lost a wife. Right. My Such niece and nephew lost a mom. My parents lost a daughter. I lost a sister. None of those loves are greater than any of the other ones. And none of the hurt hurts worse than the other ones. But they're all different. Right. And they're all dealt with differently. So when other people are going through storms with you, be able to change your perspective. and Be able to recognize that they're hurting in a different way than what you're hurting. And, and have compassion for that. Learn how to learn how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I wrote down in my report was appreciate God's sense of humor because uh, He has one, and I know this because I'm working with breast milk. <laughs> That's perfect. A firefighter. A firefighter working, working with, with breast, breast milk. milk. Uh, when my when my sister passed away, one of the things that started showing up at the at the house, other than food. Uh, was breast milk. and Because of the newborn baby. Because of the newborn baby. And I distinctly remember I was sitting on the couch and I hadn't eaten in, I don't know, a day, whatever. I don't remember how long it was. I was getting hungry. Yeah. And I'm a big guy. <laughs> so uh, I saw somebody walking up to the door and they were carrying a grocery sack. And for some reason it clicked in my head, these were cookies. Oh. And what I've learned to this point is when this happens, people bring good cookies, like homemade cookies. Right, There's right. no store-bought stuff. <laughs> and so I met her at the Some door. Real stuff. Opened the door, and she handed me the grocery sack, and she said, I brought this breast milk for the baby. Uh, Rachel, I run into burning buildings, <laughs> and I deal with uh, life and death emergencies on a daily basis. <laughs> when a woman handed me breast milk, I froze. I can't even picture your face. I didn't know how to react. Here's how I reacted. That's hilarious. I pointed to my wife (laughs) across the room, and I said, you need to take this to her. (laughs) I went to my brother-in-law, 
whose name is Cy, by the way. And I went to Cy and I said, here's what happened, man. And he looked at me and he said, is that legal? Is that legal? That's a good question. I said, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, no I don't know. I wanted I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right. So, but this started happening. Eventually we got, we had about 40 gallons of breast milk. Wow. Wow. You're like, what in the world? <laughs> this was this was something that people don't plan for. Right. You know, right. you don't plan for somebody to die like this, especially right. a, a a new mom. mom. And it's that's what made the story sad. So hard. But that's where our we started a nonprofit, and it's called Third Strand. Uh, it comes from Ecclesiastes four twelve. A cord of that ends with the words, "A cord of three strands isn't easily broken." Uh, we used that verse for a couple of reasons or that name for a couple of reasons. When my sister and Cy got married, uh, they had, you know, she had a daughter from a previous relationship, but I'm sure she spent hours searching on Pinterest. <laughs> of course. But when they got married, they had this plaque and they had three ropes on it and they braided oh, it. And how on the, cool. Had a cord of three strands and easily broken. I'm pretty sure after the ceremony, I went up to my sister and, Told her how dumb that was. And, you know, <laughs> like it, a big brother, yeah, probably. Like, like I should. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that plaque was hanging in their bedroom. And wow. it was actually hanging right above the floor where uh, my sister uh, was laying on the floor the night she died. Wow. And uh, I, I had gone into her room and seen this plaque hanging up. And this breast milk stuff had started happening. It started kind of snowballing. And... I recognize the the three strands. Mm. And that verse is another verse. You you see it everywhere. And it can be applied to (laughs) finances, to anything. But in in this case, I thought it fit really well in that you have a baby and you have uh, moms who want to help. And we want to be that third strand. Be the middleman. And and we wanted to braid those ropes together and hold everything together. That is so cool. And so we use that. I started moving forward. We, we started a nonprofit called Third Strand, and our mission is to provide safe donor breast milk to healthy nursing babies who have lost a mom or whose mom is unable to breastfeed because of a serious illness. Uh, so, so moms Such a that, need for that. with like cancer. Right. Uh, with, without going into just great detail about the need, and what I've learned is it takes about an hour to sit down and really tell somebody, get yes. them to understand. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and we'll link all that info on the blog too for great. people wondering so that they can find out more. Because I know that there's so much more that we just don't have time yeah. to go through. But I want people to be able to find that. So just throwing this out there, we will have all this information available. We, uh, we saw needs that needed fixed. Right. And in an industry, uh, there, another thing we learned, there's an industry of donor breast milk. Who knew? It's a huge industry. And, right. uh, but... But when we were thrown into this, we, we saw deficiencies that needed addressed. And nobody had addressed them. And well, we kind of looked at it and said, something needs to be fixed. We need to fix it. And my brother-in-law and I set out on a mission to, to correct some of these deficiencies. Uh, we wanted to serve our mission that I just told you. But we also wanted to find a way to make donor breast milk more available to more babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, one brief little fact is the cost of donor breast milk, it ranges anywhere from 7 to $27 per ounce. Per ounce. And there's no, there's no, 
programs in place uh, widespread that that really addresses the need for babies who have just lost their mom or babies whose mom has cancer or can't breastfeed for some reason. Right. And so these families are expected to pay seven to twenty-seven dollars per ounce. We had forty gallons of milk. Quick math for you: uh, that's somewhere around forty to fifty thousand oh dollars to utilize goodness. the milk that was expressly given to my nephew. And so we wanted to fix these things, and I feel like we've done a good job of, of that. Another verse that kind of pop has popped out to me lately is Romans eight twenty-eight, and it says, "We know." That God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. Uh, we recognize that God had a plan right. in this. We recognize that God had a purpose for this. And we recognize that God provided us with a platform. And so we work really passionately, really diligently. Uh, two guys that are 36 years old, that are about as West Texan as you can be, <laughs> right. that, uh, that are working in an industry almost exclusively run by women. And, but we're, we're rocking the boat. You are. And you're being obedient and you're impacting right. thousands and thousands of lives. And we take, we don't take it lightly. And we, uh, I love my job. I love my job as a firefighter, but when I leave the fire station, I go into this mode of, you know, how can we make this industry better? How can we serve families that find themselves in the storm that we were in mm -hmm. a year ago? And so that that's our goal with our with our nonprofit. Man, uh, wow, that's really good. That's I. It's a, it's a, the perfect example of God of God using absolutely everything. Right. There's nothing left that you guys have not offered up to him and it's going to be really cool to see how to see how this continues to grow and like I said all this information will be on there but um, as we kind of wrap up we're kind of we're kind of are wrapping up our time today um, I just want to ask one thing um, if there's one thing that you could share with our listeners that would encourage them for what may lie ahead we find this in Hebrews he says we can know what God we can be we can be faithful of what God's going to do in the present or in the future because of what he's done in the past and so what's one thing that you might could just share with our listeners that will encourage them just to kind of, as we conclude this conversation today? Uh, I didn't really prepare for this question. I know. Sure. I like to ask it at the end because <laughs> I feel like it's, it's going to be overflow. What's, if, you could, so, if you could say one thing to one encourage thing. them. So, so here's, here's what I'd say. I, just, I read a book lately, and it's called Unbreakable, and it, it really resonated with me. But uh, the man who wrote it is a guy named Tom Shea. If you haven't read it, if you like war stories, you should read it. <laughs> but he, he has this word, and the word is Adam, adamantane. Okay? It's a word you don't know. No, I, I have know. no clue. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, the definition of it is it, it literally means a thing that's not tangible, but when it's consumed, it makes anything unbreakable. That's amazing. Uh, be unbreakable? Not only physically, with your body, right? Uh, not only mentally, but spiritually too. And that takes that takes work. With your body, you have to work out. Right. With your mind, you have to prepare it. Uh, with your with your faith, you have to proactively search to know God. That's so good. Right. So be unbreakable. That oh. that would be my 
uh, my advice to somebody. Spiritually unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. And I love that. That's so important because it is work. And it's something that you have to commit to. It's something that our enemy doesn't want us to remember because if we think, if we remember, if we'll only like kind of be awakened to what God has for us and be like, no, like we are safe. We are secure. We know God goes before us. We know God goes behind us. Any task that he gives us, he will be faithful to complete it right. in us. And it's not, it's not us, but it's him loving us enough to use us. Right. Him loving us enough to like, when we're not okay, mm-hmm. he loves us there, but he loves us too much to leave us there. That's right. So I love that. That was a great way to end, Kyle. One thing I want to say, Rachel, is I think what you're doing with I Know Him, I think it's awesome. I think it's powerful. Uh, I've kind of followed your progression (laughs) in the last few months. It's been a little crazy. It's a, uh, I really encourage people to to spread the the news of what you're doing. Spread the thank you. Just spread the word of of what you're doing because it's powerful. It's affecting other people, uh, giving people the ability to tell their story. Uh, has an effect on other people's lives. So I think it's awesome. Uh, thank you. Yep. Thank you for that encouragement. And I hope everybody listening today is encouraged. The, the whole point why why we do this and why we take time to do this is that, um, that it will be effective, that it will draw people in, draw those that don't believe to those that already do believe, um, and that the name of Jesus could be lifted high, and that people that don't know God will want to pursue a relationship with God. So thank you again, Kyle, for joining us. Um, thanks for partnering with us in this ministry. So if for more information about him and Third Strand, um, just go to iknowhim.us. I'll link everything there. Um, his site will be there, how you can get involved with him and partner with them. Um, there's there's lots, of great, lots of great work happening there that is literally affecting the entire world. So lots of stuff to check out there. And if anyone out there is listening and you've experienced God and you're interested in partnering with I Know Him and Share Your Story, send us an email at iknowhimblog at hotmail.com and we'll be in touch with you. Like Kyle mentioned, we have several ways of encouraging people to share their stories. Um, We are always looking for stories to feature on the blog. We um, take submissions from people that have written them or that do video testimonies. So all of that is a really great way to take another step in your faith. Um, another thing that I always want to make available to you is if you're interested in knowing more about what it means to begin a relationship with God, please contact us and we'd love to answer any questions you have as well as pray for you in your endeavor to know Him. So that's our time for today. I'm praying that you're encouraged, inspired, and challenged and um, that you experience God like you never have before. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.